0: And welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs and other such stuff. And um, here we are again on the Lower, East, what? the Lower East Side of Manhattan. It's good. Just go. You already blew it. Keep going. I will never say it again. I know. I'll, I'll never say will it you again. You just stare. I mean, I'm not going to ask you to say it I again. was hoping you'd jump in. It's going to destroy this podcast. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody fucking cares. Welcome to Dopey, the podcast about nonsense and drugs and addiction. And we are turning to the new Dopey Recovery. Recovery Dopey.
1: No, we're just adding little tidbits of recovery. It's still primarily debauchery. We're tidbits
0: of recovery. <laughs> well, okay. When we started Dopey, the podcast about drugs and other dumb shit, we, um, and I want you guys to feel free to talk. Especially, I'm Dave. I'm Chris. And we have today... Joe, um, do we want to say your last name? I sure Joe Schrank. I'm Wait. I'm uh, Welcome thank Joe. You. And Alex is in the background. Yes. Hey, Alex will hey, be coming up later. Doing? Alex is gonna tell the story later. Um, should I
1: introduce Joe? Yeah, please. Go okay. Ahead. Well, I guess I'll do what people kinda of say, you know, when people describe you in the articles are like, Joe Schrank is a um, very large man. He's. Six, <laughs> he's, six, okay. he's six. He is a
0: large man. He's it's six true.
1: five. What are you, six six? Six five? Six five. 260? Yeah,
0: 265. Big guy, ex USC football player. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he is a big guy like that. Yeah. yeah. Can I tell um, you what I pictured when you told me that Joe is? going to be a Let me finish introducing him. No, I don't Okay. Know <laughs> um First of all, Joe and Chris have this recovery. What is the Facebook recovery thing? Oh, Recovery Group, that was
1: nothing. It was recovery Group it was of new a new age that yeah. we were so, posting shit
0: on. So, whenever whenever Chris uh, promotes Dopey on it, Joe will chime in, but Joe never chimes in as, as Joe. He chimes in as part of that Facebook page. Which I don't think you realize. So, you chime I'm in as right. Recovery Group. So, I new always pictured Joe yeah. to be this old, befuddled guy who doesn't know how to use Facebook. <laughs> I pictured him uh, in a white hand like a not, whiff that far from the Which trailer. was true
1: because you write for HuffPo and right. for about. I Two years I after I yeah, I had to post right. his articles for HuffPo. Right. But you can now. For some reason, I pictured yeah, him with it. a hat
0: and a whistle around his neck like a
2: coach. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyway, well, part of the thing with the HuffPo was I couldn't I, I couldn't figure out how to get into. To log into to it. To log into
1: it. It. You think it would be easier with how big the website is. It is a little confusing.
2: I find all of it horribly
0: confusing. Everything that you have to do with uh, setting things up and keeping right. track and. But the new one that I write for is easier. Maybe they've made it better. Yeah. Now do the introduction. I'm sorry to. Yeah. That. So, anyways, Joe. I worked for Joe a few years
1: ago. He is a prominent figure in the addiction and recovery community. Um, I also will say he's polarizing, where people either hate
0: Joe or they love Joe. I love Joe so far. I love Joe. He's yeah. done nothing, nothing <laughs> so hateable so I, far. He's probably more. You know what I
2: figured out? Here's who <laughs> hates me. People trying to make money from recovery hate me. Yeah. People who are concerned about the cause because they've lost somebody or they have some understanding about policy love me. Yeah. Or if I've had a direct... Because there's a lot of people out there who swear I'm Ann Sullivan. Like their young son would have been dead yeah. if I didn't pull them out. There. So you well, on that, well, on that, you that note,
1: well, there's two. I think some of the people who hate you is there's no pretense. And one of the things I love about you is that there are so many people are phony in the recovery community. And if you don't like someone and don't agree with what they do, you'll just say it to their face. You'll just say, so you make oh, enemies no, I'll that say way, it
2: too. right? I guess.
1: And then in sure. terms of saving the people, I mean, some of sure. the other stuff. And I'll always say this: some of the stuff of. of heard from people I was like and I don't know if this is people trying to qualify they'll say like oh Joe's methods like I don't think they're clinically sound or something like that and then I would say I've seen you go in and go into the shit to get someone pull someone out of a shitty area and people won't do that do you know what I mean like right
0: hold on slow down for a second
2: Joe's methods what are we what are we really talking about here well I think that it's a difficult position that I'm in because I am a clinical social worker extensive education, training, the whole deal. And I do act... Ethically, but there are certain things that I will do that other people would not do in ten million years.
1: He wasn't in, for any sense. You told me some story once. You were in Chicago and you went and extracted a kid basically yeah. from a house in Chicago. And most
0: interventionists would be like, "Oh, like he didn't show up." Right, okay. he didn't show up. We So what is, a letter and cry. How often <clears throat> are are there cases where you have to do an extraction?
2: It's fairly often. <laughs> I mean, I think that I, it depends if people find their way to me. Are you ever called the extractor? No, but maybe I should it's be not the bad. It's really not bad. It could be I a do. TV show. I,
0: I think, dude, that, dude, hold on. Yeah. A, a TV show like Intervention. He did. He did that it was sober. Did but do it, a TV was it show. called the
2: extractor? No, it was called One Man Rehab. Well, it was fucking them. horrible. They were such pricks. Dude, it's like, it would be like, what was Wait, that old Wait, so you show? guys
1: both have failed pilots. You have that in
0: common, right? We
2: do. But I have a, I have a new pilot coming out. I don't. So. <laughs> yeah. You have a right. new pilot. What's your Is it
0: called The Extractor? No,
2: I'm not sure what it's called yet. It's basically like behind the music, but with celebrities who tell their story of getting sober.
0: Well, we should have them here.
2: <laughs> yeah, please. What are we waiting, waiting for? What are we the got This is a fucking <laughs> chair over here. We, we should have
0: them here. I think uh, I think that this could be. What about the extractor, though? What was that show with the dude on CBS years ago? He was like an old man, a James Bond type guy, and he had a gun, and he was the something. The you're older than me, you know, you know
2: what it is. Uh,
0: I can't think of it. It's like the Eliminator or the the Aviator. Or, I don't know, man.
2: The extractor. Yeah, oh, the extractor. I think that intervention in that show people think. That's what an intervention. Do you know is. Jeff Van Vanderhoofer? Yeah, you do. Uh-huh.
0: Isn't uh, he just he relapsed recently? No. Van Vander. That that. Did you, no. did you extract him? No. So wait, did his parents make his middle
2: name too. Van? Do
0: you know, Kate. Ka- What's her name?
2: Candy Finnegan. Candy. My friend Greg always said her neck looked like a vagina. <laughs> I could see. You that. know how her neck.
0: <laughs> she got uh, the the wrinkles. Yeah. And the, yeah. yeah. Do you think anybody <laughs> had sex
2: with her neck? No.
0: I don't think anyone has sex with her. Or anything. <laughs> candy is a. I like Candy. I like Candy and Jeff. Who's the skinny guy? The thing
2: of it is, the thing about their intervention, first of all, Candy Candy it cries a lot at the intervention, which is good TV, but if anyone shouldn't be crying... It's the intervention. It's the interventionist. Yeah. And so I don't think that every person who's addled by drug addiction will come and hear people read letters and cry. And so... If you can't get that person to do that, that's I'm, I'm up for a challenge. I'm always like, fuck, I don't know. Let's figure it out. Yeah. In an intervention,
0: if, yeah. if the extractee or the interventionee, what's the word for the person? If the addict. The identified, yeah. patient. The the identified ident- patient. If, if <laughs> yeah. they don't break
2: and cry, do you feel like you didn't do a good job? No. I feel like I didn't do a good job. I feel My goal in intervention is always that the family walks away feeling like they did everything they could if the person's dead. So whether they go to treatment or not isn't my metric of success, although most of them will go to treatment. Most of the time, I can get people to go to treatment, and whenever people call and say, well, what's your success rate, it's always a big conversation about how are you defining success. And success
1: rate such a bullshit question. It's a stupid question. It's yeah. a
2: stupid question, yeah. a stupid question. then you kind of have to tell them about, well, what is? what do you mean by success? Well, do they go to treatment kind yeah. of thing, Yeah. and my thing is that... Well, my success rate is better than anybody you will find, but it's not that good. And I'm perfectly fine. Like people get to drink themselves to death. People have That's the right their to, prerogative, but they can't pull they their family the right down with them. That's right. Yeah. They have the right to self-determine. You meet the client where they are. You know, you don't get to impose your will. So,
1: he Joe recently did uh, a show, you know, Hotel Impossible. It's like Kitchen Nightmares, but oh, yeah, I forgot. About and that. so <laughs> they called him last minute because they went to crazy. film not sh- Hotel
0: Impossible. They
1: went yeah. to film. One of my
0: best sh- friends is one of the producers. Well, they
1: went it. to film the show, and the guy was wasted. Well, you tell it. I don't know.
2: The guy was wasted. Wait, which, wait, where was it? Hershey, Pennsylvania. Did you meet a woman named Aurora? Fuck, I don't know. Continue. I'm sorry. It was in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and there was it was like this old rowdy hotel, and it was a bunch. It was a family of alcoholics. Living in different rooms in the hotel. And they ran the hotel. And they ran the hotel. So this could have been a huge just gang intervention. It kind of was, but they only showed the one guy who got the Yelp reviews that said he was abusive and drunk mm. when he started checking the hotel. But everyone was drunk. Even the, even the grandma who's like 90 found some old guy at the VFW hall to get fucked up with. So they were just a family of alcoholics. Like so they had to
0: call you in. Not only did they have to fix the hotel, you had to fix the family.
2: Yeah. Well, it, it, wow. turned, it turned into an episode
1: of Intervention. It, into it, it an wasn't even a Hotel Impossible. It was just an Intervention. I'm sure it's online. You can yeah. watch it. I'd like to check that out. But yeah. well, the guy seemed like he
2: liked you in it. I think he liked me because I was just very direct with him. Yeah.
1: Um, well, that's one of your strong suits, which is another thing people – might criticize is people tend to sort of transfer to you with this like father figure type thing, yeah. which can be used in a in a beneficial way. You know what I mean? To sort of influence someone to get sober. But I saw that happen at the loft a lot with clients where they would sort of put you up on like kind of like a
2: they both love t- and hate. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: No, I. Well, not. I bet you it's when somebody is doing the right thing. It's it's good to have you for the father figure because they're looking for the attaboy boy and all that shit. It's yeah. when they want to get around the
2: thing. Well, I think it's a couple of things. I think they like the security, for sure. They like the ballast in their boat. They're very destabilized people. So they like the consistency and the reliability, but then they don't like the accountability that comes with the consistency and reliability. Ultimately, it's very strange, because they're, they're a client. Chris knows mm-hmm. these people who laugh screaming and fuck off <laughs> and you're an asshole and you're a prick and you only want my parents' money and blah, 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 blah all that bullshit, who will call me six and eight months later, I'm in real trouble. Of course. Yeah. Well, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought you hated me. But,
0: what? But, okay. But hold on. I think we're, again, we're, we're jumping ahead. Right. Joe runs, um, why don't you, Joe runs halfway houses in Brooklyn. Yeah. Why don't you tell, um, how you got into that?
2: It was a residential therapist at Promises in Malibu for a couple of years. Is
0: Promises the one that doesn't do 12-step? No.
2: That's Passages. Oh, uh, okay. Promises, Promises is the like, real high. It was the first like the, Malibu. It was like had. the first yeah. fancy one with massages. And it's Britney horses. Spears. It's where it's like yeah, the yeah, default yeah. for celebrities. Right. right. So yeah. celebrities go there. So anyway, so when, when I came Promises back to Malibu, New York, you were in Malibu. I was in Malibu. Okay. Yeah. So okay. when I came back to New York, there were no sober livings, and it's a very common, accepted model in most places that once you're. In primary care, you go to some kind of pure, supported, professionally overseen, and there was nothing in New York City. And people were like, "That can't be done in New York." Why did they be say done that? In New York, fuck, I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, why can't it be done in New York? There's fucking eight million people here, and a million places trucks. to live. What was it? Was it Minimum price point, or like what? It, it was price. It was management. There's a bar everywhere. I'm like, yeah. well, then <laughs> if you can't walk by a bar. You can't live here. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so. Uh, that's I rented this massive loft space in Williamsburg. So you saw a hole, and, and step one was, I'm going to get a place. I think I wish I could say that it was that calculated and that insightful. Really what it was was that I lived in 500 square feet in the village, and I was just given the heave-ho by my wife. And so my clients would converge there, because I was seeing people privately and doing interventions and all this stuff, and these dudes would come back from rehab, and so they would converge there before they would go to Perry Street. And I came in, and of course, so every derelict had a key to my apartment, <laughs> so they came in, and there was like four of them. Like this is fucking crazy. We really? I can't live like this. We need more space. Yeah. So that's where was really your wife? Where was your wife? Long Island. So she had already split. Yeah.
0: So your wife was gone. You had this place. Your clients were crashing at your house, and you were like we got to get a bigger... We need more space. That's right. That's right. That's how... It, that's pretty much how it happened. And so then you, you got a place in Williamsburg. What year was it? 2009. So Williamsburg was already pretty nice.
2: Yeah, but it was not what it is now. It was on the cusp. There was no um, Starbucks or J Crew. There were no food tours. You know, there was none of that shit. Right, right. But there, you, know, but but you yeah, saw it, it coming.
0: Fine. You knew that... I bet you it probably grew, you know, the price point and the way the neighborhood came around and who would come all of a sudden Williamsburg was a desirable place to stay when I
2: first moved to Williamsburg I couldn't believe how easy it was to park it was just <laughs> awesome I would park yeah. my car I would get out, get out you know it was all cool and then it became yeah quickly it became just it's a
1: shit show well, now there's a an store and there's a Starbucks it was actually really funny I saw a guy opening up for Hannibal Burress and I forget what his name was but he was talking about How 15 years ago, you know, he's from Brooklyn and people used to ask him where he's from, and he'd be like, I'm from Brooklyn. Right. And people would be kind of quiet and they'd be like, damn. And he's like, now he's like, I say, like, I'm from Brooklyn. And they're like, have you tried the muffins on South Forest Street? (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, of course uh, I've tried
0: the muffins
2: on South Forest Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Williamsburg's out of control. Williamsburg's out of control. To me, me, when I go to Williamsburg, it feels like I'm on vacation, it feels (laughs) like I'm in like San Francisco or. Like, it they is. have burritos. Well, and you can no, fucking walk like, there. It's, it's, it's close.
2: You can throw a rock to Williamsburg. Yeah, I know, but I'm like,
0: a Manhattan snob, yeah. and I avoid going to other boroughs as much as I can. And yeah. I, I used to walk to that meeting at uh, at Mount
1: Carmel. Yeah, that's where he, he started. That's he a healthy walk
0: from here. Yeah, but I'm a healthy guy. Okay. <laughs> you know, I would and... um I would get there all sweaty yeah. and, and you but you do walk through some of old school Williamsburg
2: you do for on sure on that walk yeah yeah absolutely and a lot
0: of the I work with a bunch of Dominican guys who live on the north side or the south, south side, side. Yeah. south side probably south side yeah. and most, we were reading an article the other day about a barber shop that was a front that just got busted
2: there's a, I, I'm convinced most of the shit there is a front it's two things it's either a front or it's just some like girl whose dad signed a lease so he can say she does something you know, like I, I feel like there's a
1: couple places that got like some like 20 year lease or something that's just running out
0: too. But that's the best thing about Williamsburg is that it feels uh, there's parts of it that aren't Ralph Lauren or Muffin. There or are, Pisco, and the mayonnaise. more you
2: go, if you go another stop in to Lorimer, it's very different. And if you go another stop in, you know, it's it's very different. It's it's really right along the river, and it is pretty much become San Francisco. It's very San Francisco. That's yeah. and so you open a, a halfway. Yeah, and uh, and
0: it's thrived until you hired Chris. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, Chris had nothing to do. Yes, it's <laughs> It's done. It's done well. Good. It's done well. I will say. I mean, there's a bunch of them around now. Everyone who's opened one is a lying piece of shit that worked for me and tried to fuck me nice but, but i like this yeah i didn't do that though no you did not do that <laughs> no chris did the opposite no, but all <laughs> the
0: stole their urine and sat in the room like fucking howard hughes
2: looking at, <laughs> no, no no i don't really no, stole I don't their, even urine. Think... their urine was useless <laughs> well <laughs> look i have no i don't i honestly one of my big issues with rehab and recovery and all of it is people who complain about addicts who use drugs yeah. Right, like, what the fuck do you think they're gonna do? Absolutely, do not complain the lake is wet. I don't yeah. get it. I really don't get it. I don't get like people who are all angry about it and, when they keep a or even disappointed or even mean, disappointed. Isn't that right. the
0: business? I mean, like, forget forget about like the affliction. Right, you know, forget the fact that we are afflicted yeah. with this thing that compels us to not do the next right thing. Yeah. Let's get to the business model, which is we will provide safe a- housing <laughs> those
2: people. for those people. That's and, right. and,
0: like, how can you be disappointed when that's the reason they came to
2: you? There's a place, this yeah. kid that I work, anyway, whatever. So they opened their own sober living, which, P.S., all they had to do is come to me with integrity. I would have said, I'll tell you everything I know and help you. Yeah. The city's eight million fucking people, mm-hmm. you know. And but, I'm
0: sure you could set up, like, brother houses. And of like, course. And that only up, strengthens your. That's right. And it just makes the you.
2: whole thing more robust. But one of the thing, one of their policies is if you use, you get kicked out. Which for I good? I guess. I don't, I don't understand how you can go to somebody, help me with this problem, mm-hmm. and then kick them out when they have the problem that they came to you for help with. I lived in a sober living in Florida, in Delray, uh, for about six months.
0: And, um, I was in Renaissance, like Chris told you, Mm -hmm. and um, I was there a few weeks before, you know, I'm a heroin addict, but I was a huge stoner, and I always missed weed and whatever, so when I was in this this sober house in Florida, I was like, fuck it, I want to smoke weed, I don't give a shit. It's not going to endanger anybody. I don't care. Right. And I, I, I told a story on Dopey, I think. I ran into some hippie at 7-Eleven. I was like, you got nuggets? And he was like, yeah. So I started, <laughs> I started smoking was weed. Was buying snacks? Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> like the hot dogs yeah. and shit. And he's like wearing a dead shirt and had a braid and whatever. I was like, hey, dude. And blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like a pig and shit. I would smoke, I'd wake up in the morning in the halfway house, I had a little organ next to my bed, I'd go out, I'd get stoned, I'd go swim in the ocean, I'd come back, and then one day I like left a nugget on the bureau, Uh and my little roommate, Donnie, wherever you are, (laughs) fucking called the owner, and their policy is if you use, you just get kicked out for 24 hours, then you come back. I had to find some weirdo to stay with for the night, which was
2: very odd, Um, and then I came back. But even that, I mean, if somebody if somebody is relapsed and they come back <laughs> to the house and you send them out into the night, aren't they just going to get really fucked up? You'd think. You right. know. I, also there's a, I mean, like, well, kinda, how, there's a spectrum of relapses too. If, spectrum,
1: if somebody if somebody's relapsed was, and they're getting the rest of the house high, that's a little different. Do you know what I mean? If they're pulling other people down with them. Right. But if they come to you and they're like honest and they say, I'm struggling, like I don't should be kicked out
0: well what would the, the course of action be
2: uh what would for, i do sure stay in your room go to sleep we're gonna deal with this tomorrow i don't know what we need to do we may need to up your clinical care you know i mean remember that dude harry yes <laughs> where he was yeah. like I'm, <laughs> man i'm so fucked i i this i i failed i'm so i'm like <laughs> you used one day yeah. when you were using daily like, so over the last 90 days, you use one day instead of 90. Like, I think that's pretty good. But like, also, you know, Harry, it sounds like he was apologetic and he wanted to be yeah. Full
0: of shit. He's <laughs> that's beside the point. Yeah, that's no, no, no. But what <laughs> never mind do? Harry. Never what mind. do you do with somebody <laughs> like Chris. Uh, who, who steals the drugs from the clients, <laughs> uses them on a daily basis, brings in drugs, trips out listening to electronic dance music and yellow man in his room. I will say though, so my relapse
1: there, well, first of all, I learned from the relapse that... what, do you, well, no, what hold, hold on.
0: What do you do with the chronic constant relapse? Look, it's... I'm in an, like, an
1: abstinence only... The, you know what I mean? The buns and burners running and one thing is a spark. And then right. it's That's right. me, but
2: that's not everybody. That isn't everybody. I think there's a bunch of different things that might happen. There are people who are not appropriate to be in sober living, right? Yeah. They just aren't for whatever reason. Either they're too acute or it's they've been activated in some way. Is acute a nice way to say mental? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mental. Yes. They're too mental. <laughs> but the point is more – at that point, we would say we need to do something. We need to contain the fire – we need to, I don't know, maybe detox is appropriate or going back into residential treatment. There's a bunch of different things that can happen. And you kind of assess that yourself. Yeah. But there was always, or their their therapist or their doctor. I'm very big on doctors. Like, I think that we talk about this as a disease. You don't yell at somebody if they have trouble with their diabetes or tell them to pray. You know, it's just fucking stupid. Or people who are like, oh, you're going to be on Suboxone forever. Like, well, what people are on Lipitor forever. Right. Because they have high blood pressure. How come we're not yelling at them to eat? Oh, you ate a cheeseburger. Fuck you. You know, you, you're never going to get off Lipitor now. Well, who would take that approach, though? Who would take the, you know, the chastising somebody for being on suboxone? Well, addicts are supposed to. Addicts are supposed to what? Take the chastising and they're supposed to be... No, but
0: I'm saying who in a position of power in a situation like that would chastise uh, some, a patient
2: who's on Subox. Lots he, of people. <laughs> like, yeah. I think
1: he's saying endlessly. also – he's also saying not necessarily doesn't have to be chastising in the sense of saying your piece of shit, but it's it's showing that by kicking them out or something like that. Right. That's I mean he's
2: showing – anyway.
0: I like the idea is, of yelling at somebody look, to
2: pray. Motherfucker. What, maybe what, you should – Right. But like, one of the things that I would do in the instance that you described that somebody is acutely mental – Uh huh. I would talk to their doctor and say, "What should we do? What do, does this person? Is their medication off? Do they need to go back into treatment? Can we try to get them stabilized in the community?" Because I'm not a per, I'm not a warehousing person. I don't think people should just stay and spend their fucking lives in rehabs and sober forth. But that so what you were talking about is great for the acute
1: case when somebody relapses. But right. the chronic alcohol, like, I believe, there's a huge place for prayer and spirituality, and that's the only thing. That has made me feel all right and not return to drinking and drugs. But when I used, I had to be put into detox and Uh, separated during that period. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And I understand people say, you know, AA's. Folklore, or whatever, like that. But you know what? It, so is religion. That's what it is. and it's relig- But so is religion, if you yeah. look at it from that point. And religion helps. Well, nobody's
2: people. proved a virgin gave birth to God. Yeah. So it's not science.
1: <laughs> it's not science, but it's helping tons of people. Tons, and tons of people. And, I'm, and saying- I'm not.
2: I mean, I think that that's one of the things that I'm not opposed to AA in any way. I'm a lifetime member i go to meetings i believe it's helped me tremendously i just don't think it's the only thing and the evangelical tea party no fuck you we don't like this and we don't like that you're not really sober i think is ridiculous
1: no and what what the sad thing is that there's a lot of members in aa that are like that but the people that mirror what it was originally set out to be by bill and bob and the founding members who really live by the principles they don't have that attitude no but the, the thing is they're hard to find. And you know, it's and really interesting meetings though. have just turned into group therapy, which is it's not what it group. is. No. It's the 12 steps. Right. You get a sponsor who's worked the steps. And if they have had a spiritual experience, they'll never take that attitude that you just said. But most people in meetings have that attitude. Most people in meetings have Do that. Do you understand that. what I'm saying? Like you know the other really, thing that's really strange it.
2: is when people say – when they refer to Bill Wilson as a deity. Yeah. Like
1: the guy – Oh, he was totally he, could. he was
2: totally fucked up. So
1: my he personal opinion, I, my personal opinion on Bill Wilson. Yeah, he took acid. He actually was supporting. He was supported maybe having everybody take, should take out And then he did it because if people told this him not Chris's to. This is his favorite but, story, but. No, but the thing about the thing about <laughs> Bill the is the, story is, the, the things you're talking about though, those are this, the theisms. He was just a junk box like everybody in this room, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I really believe like the 12 steps and his thing like and this is, might be crazy was a divinely inspired thing in no, that I, mo- I in that moment, okay? And Bill different. was a vessel who had That's a lot right. of problems? He was the midwife. Hold yeah. on. Hold he on. He brought the thing on. into the thing. Yeah. He did not do this perfectly. No, exactly. Right. Yes. You're and to put him up on a pedestal is, is ridiculous. You're
0: saying you're saying Bill Wilson is the Virgin Mary that was impregnated with AA in a divine. I believe that. Sexual That's right. I believe act. some. The I believe some. Of- <laughs> <are> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I believe, or they're not.
1: Or the Jesus of your understanding. I don't believe <laughs> that you believe that. I really do. I swear to God, Alex. Do I believe that?
2: You believe
0: so. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I think you have to
2: leave now. Look, I don't disbelieve that, that. I
1: mean, that's me, you know Why not? Mean?
0: Okay. Well, do you believe? Do you believe that? um
1: I believe he just boiled down the same shit that's been no. taught in major religion for eons, and he took away what white no, men I guess, I and what other people have said about religions, and he boiled it down to a nice little condensed thing, which was help others clean house and trust God. You know, like, it was very simple. What I'm, is, <laughs> the, the, no. what I'm saying
0: is. What I'm saying is. What I'm saying is. Yeah, I
2: don't, don't help others before you clean house. <laughs> I
0: mean, what I'm talking about is not. Is the religious implication?
1: Religious, yeah. The <laughs> religious
0: <laughs> implication that you're that the way that you express it. Like you don't say Miles Davis was implanted with no, kind and that, of no, no. And God. I will call
1: that's my crazy thing. You know what I mean? And that's not necessarily
2: everyone. I don't thoughts. even think it's that crazy. No. I don't disbelieve that. I think that first of all. I'm more of a Jesuit kind of faith-based person. I don't think that scientific inquiry and faith are mutually exclusive. Yeah. I also don't know why I'm all of a sudden
0: anti-God for this podcast. Because why wouldn't Miles Davis have been impregnated by God for baby Maybe he was. Well? Perhaps he is. Anyway, please, this is getting to a place where I'm not. You wanted recovery. We're talking recovery. Well, wow. no, I'd rather <laughs> first let's 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 pose this question because I want a story from. And we Joe. do have a
1: great story coming about the curly fries. I want <laughs> a story for <from laughs> Joe. Fries, right. But
0: Joe, okay. being a pillar of recovery in mm-hmm. the community and being a celebrity extractor-slash-interventionist-slash-Fox News contributor. And he's
1: a Fox—I always want to say this just for Joe's own behalf—he's a Fox News contributor, but he is
2: a liberal, which is amazing. I'm sure there's a couple out there. Well, it's a very strange thing, because they love what I have to say about drug policy to a point. Like, they love—it's not a Christian ethic to lock people up because they have a health problem. It's not Christian to break up families. It's not fiscally responsible to not treat people and incarcerate them. It's not the government's role to tell you what you can put in your own body. So they love that. The part they hate is when I say, so you couldn't arbitrarily round up black and brown people and put them in a cage. Like that's when they cut me off. That's when they lose it. Well, I so mean, they love the libertarian part of it, but they don't like the. Pump the brakes! You're all it. a bunch of fucking racist <laughs> pig assholes. That's when they stop.
0: Well, I mean, the, I I think it's um, the real question for me, or, or I, I, the question for you in this situation yeah. is: Isn't that just based on the, pr- the prisons being money making machines? Partially, like, yes. isn't that why you? Can't well, undo I think that? that
2: that started long. Well, you can undo it. It started long before. Uh, like the racism of drug policy started way before prisons were privatized. I had a friend who just called me up uh, who uh, was talking about
0: all of this as institutional racism in order to turn yeah. black people into criminals with drugs. Yes, so that's what you're talking about
2: well i don't I think that white people and black people use drugs at roughly the same rate, so if you're a white woman. And you snort cocaine and you live in Greenwich, Connecticut, you're not going to do time.
0: Yeah.
2: If you're a black woman... Dude, I'm a
0: white man. I was putting a sticker on a lamppost <laughs> and they
2: threw me in jail. <laughs> well, that's bullshit. But you're out. Yeah. Thank you. You're out. Exactly. exactly. My you, higher you're powers. not still in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not doing 20 years for... And no. the whole thing no. about... Look, we don't... If, if, if health... If addiction is a health issue, right? Mm-hmm. Then the ship should be steered by behavioral health experts and by medical doctors. So you don't put, you know, what, the Department of Oncology. Get a general. Get that guy who ran the war. It just doesn't make any logical sense. What you're saying but is also
1: we need to make leaps and bounds in the science of addiction treatment because totally. there are so many because nobody addiction. Like I know nobody answers. knows it. There are some great
0: ones. There's some great. But ones, what he's but, saying know. is, it seems pretty <laughs> obvious to me. And I'm obviously not in the field. Do you see? It sounds so obvious, and with legalization of, of weed marijuana, and shit yeah. all over the place, it sounds like we're kind of moving in that
2: direction. I mean, I think we're sort of moving in that direction, slowly, very slowly. One thing leads to another. One thing will lead to another. I think that the revenue generated by tax from the legalization of, of recreational use marijuana is really enticing to a lot of states. Has to be. They're going to want their money. Has to be. I'm sure it it, it, cr- it generates crazy money in every 40 billion way. dollars.
0: There it is. And I, I you know, I, I, And I, the
2: thing I, of it is is that the, it's going to go on anyway. So basically you're taking the 40 billion from scumbags, right? So keeping pot illegal means nothing in terms of recovery. It just means bad people don't pay taxes. That's all it means. And who are these bad people? Drug dealers. What well, but instead,
0: do? instead, you're giving corporations this—you know—who are also scum. Another issue. Is. What I would yeah, do,
2: honestly, what I would do is I would have a ten cent per dollar tax on all forms of intoxication, and there would be a, a ability to walk in to a clinic for help at any time, for the asking. So if you're a chronic heroin addict, all you have to do is show up. It's all funded by the tax of people getting But high And you're saying treatment. you could go to a doctor and get a prescription for heroin right. or something. I agree with that. That's, That's not what he I, just said, though. No, no, no. no he's I, saying
0: all forms you, of intoxication. Right, but he's including not just it. marijuana. No, but what he's saying is that with the money
1: Use that you tax it, yeah. it goes directly to treatment. You know, So, so it's just okay. as an example,
2: I just spoke at this thing in Virginia. Virginia hasn't raised a tax on alcohol since 1977. If they put a $0.10 cent tax on beer... Right? So, per beer, whether it's one beer or a beer in a restaurant, or so 60 cents on a six pack, they'd get $160 million annually. So, th- every addict who wanted help, like all these people, we can't get help, we don't yeah. know our insurance, what they pay for. They would buy. figure out how to steal that money. <laughs> they just would. That's I'm just that's saying, your genius. J- that's a whole other thing. <laughs> i saying, that's, it is. Like possible, that when you get to it. But it is totally possible. No, I, is not, I hear you. I hear you. It is not possible. Why do you impossible.
1: think they tax the fuck out of cigarettes, but. Thing. Well, they I think that that was the alcohol. thing.
2: Um, because... Everybody drinks and cigarettes no, is dirty. No, what I think like is it. that there isn't any... There is no evidence of a safe level of smoking. There's lots of people out there. Most people do not drink. and Most people don't have a drinking problem who drink. Yeah. So they shouldn't... Their thing is, well, why should I pay a tax if I have a glass of wine? Yeah. And cigarettes, there's no safe level of smoking. No. There's no, like... You know, every time you talk about a ta- Red wine is good for your heart. Yeah. The French live longer because they drink red wine. Like, there's always this bullshit kind of argument.
0: Mm-hmm. And there
2: isn't any way to rationalize any level of smoking tobacco. Yeah, that makes sense. So, that's what I think, although yeah. I don't That know. makes
0: sense. I feel myself, Will, is kicking in. And I'm nervous that our beautiful, sweet <laughs> podcast is turning into some sort of political forum. Yeah, now. D- this doesn't sound
1: like d- dumb shit. No, it's not.
0: Drive,
2: <laughs> you, you drive the bus. I've been, this, I've this been going my,
0: on. My space has been like polluted with smart shit and it feels very dirty and yeah. uncomfortable. So, the first question I have is Is Dopey irresponsible? for the recovery community at large. And keep in mind that the normal conversation
1: here is just the war <laughs> stories that are told. You know what I mean in a Why is it, what would
2: be what what would be irresponsible about
1: that? The irresponsible thing would be let's say somebody listens to it and it's sort of like romanticizing drug use. And uh-huh. and it's interesting cuz it's 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 okay to do that in AA, but it has to be followed up by a message afterwards, and we're not following it up with a message. We're just focusing because nobody's doing this. Nobody. There's a hundred recovery podcasts out there, at least, but there is right. no nobody's talking about just the the no, funny right. shit. And, and I love it. But you know what? The interesting thing, and this is I'm answering the own question that Dave asked was I actually I wasn't I, asking you. I know, the but I'm going to throw this out there: is that I actually, when I was going in the rooms, and somebody would get up and tell a story that was funny and ridiculous and I would identify with it,
2: yeah.
1: I would want to hear what that person said. And it would also make me feel like I belonged to something, and that there was something like inside me that was different that I maybe had to look at. So yeah. that, that was the positive
0: side, but we're just kind of stopping at the... No, I think that... Listen, I, I just want to hear Joe's answer, and then yeah. I, I have my own take.
2: Well, I think we take it all too seriously to be quite honest. I mean, I feel like AA, a lot of times meetings are this competition to, to see whose fall was the furthest and redemption the greatest. Right. And you know, there, there's you're a lot worse of worse like, than or better than it's either you're than. worse yeah, than <laughs> or you're better than yeah. or no, I, I lived in a car. Oh really? I lived in a car yeah. and suck dicks. I lived yeah. in a car. So cr- you know, it just keeps going and going and going and going. And so I think that, um, I don't see really harm in, in a comedy element. I mean a lot of it is funny. Yeah. Right. Know? Not that there isn't a, a serious aspect of it, but I think that I don't know. I think that some people could see it as irresponsible. Well, <laughs> my daughter's mother. She, she doesn't dig it. Well, this is the thing. He he my I didn't I
0: didn't tell her uh-huh. that we were doing it and I was telling all of my like greatest hit stories, like oh, right. and like in, she, in she one didn't want story, that for posterity for your daughter. She did not want it for posterity for my daughter. And it would be like... And I'm so fucking dumb. It would be like in a story where I tell Chris how my daughter was too scared to watch Kung Fu Panda. And uh-huh. that their family got mad at me because I made her watch Kung Fu Panda. Then in the next part of the story, I'm stealing heroin and fucking, you know, uh-huh. seizing on a table. And, and, and my daughter's mother got really mad. And she was like... My daughter's mother is a, a therapist, and she um, she was like she was like this. She was like, "I don't want to hear." Or what she said? She said, "She said, I don't want our daughter to have her father out there, you know, like telling these ridiculously horrible yeah. stories, uh-huh. and then referring to her." But I think that this podcast is great. And, and I want you to facilitate it. I just don't want you to have to fucking
1: burn our And also, family. your shit affected her in a very intimate way. So to hear you right. maybe making well, light of it. Well, I think the it. question
2: is, why are you having children with a guy who would steal heroin and then talk about it on a podcast? I think that could be the question. <laughs> Isn't that really the question? <laughs> Dave smile.
0: No, I mean, the question is, no, because I have been trying to get this woman back for years. Uh-huh. The question is, why would I risk... The family that I put back together right. by sitting with this numbness <laughs> telling the worst stories of my life, which cost me the family in the first place. You know, that is built in
2: self sabotage Look, at some point, I guess, but at some point, I think our history is our history. And to be honest, you all of my life. episodes are deleted. And yeah. I feel
0: like now I'm like some fucking paper general out there. I got none of my shit is out there anymore. I feel like a fraud. I feel like a phony well we you have your PG stories
2: my PG stories I understand I understand <laughs> I understand her perspective yeah. me too me too I understand the perspective that that somebody could take this look and I I, I get it all the time because I give people speeches about how marijuana is safer than alcohol it's safer than using heroin et cetera et cetera I'm a big person on harm reduction I'm a big person on you know meet the person where they are slow growth a lot of these people go home and say, Joe says I should smoke pot. Like, <laughs> that's not what you said. No, that's not what I said. But that's yeah. what you take to the bank. You know, yeah. well, like, but I, it's a,
0: okay if you smoke pot. Okay, I can smoke pot. You know, well, thank God. Somebody yeah. says it's okay. I
2: think that the reckless part is that, is that the interpretation of anybody who would listen to this, they could take it and run with it. Yeah. Just think, like, yeah. you know, who knows what they would do with that information. Not that you can sanitize these stories. Well,
1: we'll point them to this know? episode and we'll say, listen to Joe.
0: Maybe, maybe we have <laughs> I think she stopped listening, so maybe I could maybe, so, maybe I could start coming with the real shit again. And then shh,
1: would you do that?
0: Dude, every <laughs> time I do it I, I'm like classic addict and I do the same dumb shit and then I'm like, I'm like Chris, don't worry. It's all going to be fine. And then the next thing she's like, why do I see the door? And like, take, yeah. take it down. Take it down. <laughs> and it's like. I did take it down. It's down. Yeah. It's all down. Honey. All right.
1: So should we have Joe tell his story or what? The, I mean, I know it's quick. What, my crazy
0: story? Yeah. The, um, yeah, you gotta tell a the story. curly fries. That's, you gotta, that's gotta, the whole
1: point. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But set it up. Tell, let, the I, li- let the listeners know where you I were, were and well, what, what was going on. Mean, what was your
2: DOC? Alcohol. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. This is a drug podcast.
1: No, it's alcohol, too. Alcohol
2: is a very dangerous, psychoreactive drug. There you go. Alcohol it is kills alcohol. more people than most. 33,000 people annually. This How does, it
1: called, called, al- does that phrase go, alcohol is a drug, period? No, it's just right. alcohol is a drug. They don't say period.
0: Do they it's say Period. period? I heard them. They you never go to NA. He's that. an alcoholic. He's not yeah. even a drug addict. Yeah. He doesn't go to NA.
2: No, I do. I go to I go to AA. Yeah. I don't go to NA. I mean, I've been to NA meetings with clients. Why so. do you not like NA? Uh, I think they're... Uh, you think they're I, stupid? No, I just think there's a deeper level of pathology. I I, I mean, I prefer AA. It's not... It's I like, always why say, do you like...
1: AA is always like living by spiritual means, and I feel like when I go to NA, and I hate to bash the fellowship. You love to bash NA. But NA is always like, I've had a job for like a year, and I haven't been to prison, and then like AA, I always feel like I hear more about like the spiritual message. But that's not to say that there's not great NA meetings, you know? No, I
2: think there's great. Look, I don't, they're all very individual. But anyway, my DOC is in fact alcohol, um, and I love alcohol. (laughs) I really do. I mean, I, do you miss it yeah you do. a lot a lot yeah daily yeah I no I miss it I don't have any reservations about I'm not one of those man fuck alcohol is horrible you know all this shit I, I loved it mm-hmm. I still do and I wish I could drink it but it doesn't work out and I'm in way too deep with what I do and I have kids and you know, whatever and I'm very glad I mean I'm glad my kids have never seen me drink it's not pretty no. Would you want your kids to hear your worst stories? Uh. Mm, uh well, one what of them. What about at a, at a certain age? Maybe. Yeah, at a certain age, I don't care. Yeah, that's how I know. I mean, I, you know, I, mean I, 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 but I'm also into generational boundaries. Meaning. Like, meaning, I'm not your fucking I don't friend. Sh- yeah. not You know, I don't need to tell you my shit. Like. Meaning like he's their... his father. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not. But I'm not saying like.
0: Would you tell the story? I'm saying if they heard the story, would you be uncomfortable
2: with it? No, I don't think I would be uncomfortable with it. I mean, I've let my my son know, uh, as any which one, the white son or the black son? The white son, okay, <laughs> the black son you keep in the dark. <laughs> well, we don't share biology, right? So, oh, but I mean, I've told that. my look, we if if you have diabetes or or hypertension in your family, you should let your children know. You know. Oh, absolutely. Is... I'm going to have
0: to inform my daughter of this And thing. I've told
2: them. Like, but here it is. You have Here's rampant it's... alcoholism in your DNA.
0: This is a nice piece of information. Joe is the father of two, one a white 11-year-old and the other a 17 18 18-year-old Kenyan. Well, we
2: made up his birthday. So what'd we, you pick? Christmas? No. Valentine's Day? March fifth. Why? I, the doctor that took him that checked him out when he came here just made it up. Nice. Happy March fifth. Yeah. So yeah. he just turned eighteen. He just turned eighteen. And
0: that's mm-hmm. awesome. And you enjoy being a father? I do, yeah. Yeah. Well Andrew's a dream kid. He's
1: just amazing. amazing. Nice, easy really good kid. And and so, so
2: is Paula. Paula's, Paula's a Paula's dream is, kid. yeah. 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 You I don't got, enjoy uh, you, you being got a very divorced. I mean, the management of that whole thing is a lot. But I hear you. You know, I hear the, you. the driving and the yeah. um yeah. You know, you're just a fucking pack mule. I just you can mail a check from anywhere. I don't give a fuck where you live. Like that whole thing. And you've man yeah. and you're in a relationship now.
0: Uh, I've got answers. I
2: have been in a long term, but she's. Uh, it's winding down. It's pretty much done. She's moving, so but it's no. not hostile.
0: But it lasted for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. All right, so good. Yeah, we have a black child together, so she's the mother. <laughs> I guess if he has a mother, yeah, <laughs> is yeah. Lori his mother? <laughs> I would say you're the
1: father.
0: Yeah, in a way, but I don't think I wouldn't yeah. say Lori. He has a mother. Laurie he was not your... immaculately conceived by.
2: No, no, he was... His biological parents are most certainly dead. They probably died of HIV. Nobody really knows. (laughs) You know, it's such a shit show in Kenya. Did you ever go back there with him? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Did he remember it? Uh, Yeah, sure. He remembers it. I haven't let him... We haven't gone back since he came here. Um, I'm not all that keen on him going back until he's a little older. Yeah, that's far out. Yeah. Um, Um, Here, tell us your story. This is getting very confusing. So here's the, okay, so here's the story. So I was in a very classic kind of uh, teenage alcoholic. Lots of beer parties. Um, you know, I did drink a lot of scotch, which was odd for a twelve-year-old. <laughs> scotch is not. really They always good.
1: say brown liquor is yeah. a sign of advanced alcoholism. Is <laughs> that right? Yeah. So if you like brown liquor from the get-go,
2: it's not good. <laughs> Fucking loved it. <laughs> yeah. As an adolescent. Yeah. I never liked vodka. None of that shit. I loved beer and scotch.
1: I was an all-day drinker, and I could only drink, like, clear stuff, like vodka and stuff. That's, like, a taste. You have, like, a taste for it, even. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so when I was at USC, um, it was a lot of that. Like, I kind of hit out. I knew that I had a problem. I knew this was not going well. And I knew I had other issues, other (laughs) mental health issues that were not... Helped by drinking. So, uh, but I didn't care. And I thought you could really hide out. You can really hide out in that culture.
1: Yeah.
2: Because everybody's drinking like that. Um, At 12?
1: No, in college.
2: No, that was a little odd. Yeah. Like the drinking at 12 and 13, 14, that was a little odd, although.
1: Yeah, you
0: can hide out. You
2: can, co- can hide out. I'm well, sure. in college, college ends, and then you know who's an alcoholic. Exactly. That's right. it's exactly <laughs> that's
1: what, that's right. what I was going to say. Yeah. That's exactly. right. That's when you find yeah. out. You find
2: out when 25, and it's like, what do you do, You're man? still partying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? 35, <laughs> you know, I mean, it is a huge, yeah, it
0: yeah. thins out the herd. Graduation, tell the men's.
2: Boys. So, um, I, uh, this one particular evening, I coursed this girl. She must have been on the volleyball team because only girls over six feet tall like me. <laughs> girls under six really? feet tall. Really? Yeah. In, in your life, you found this to be true? I find this to be true. Not Lori. is six feet Yeah, Lori's six my feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, Lori's six feet tall. She's a swimmer mom. at UNC or something. Yeah, like my baby's mom is almost six
0: feet tall. Yeah. I yeah. could see why a tall woman would want a taller man and then their possibilities lessen because they're so tall already. So like you fit right. criteria.
2: It's yeah. like a, a deal.
0: I have yeah. the same That's thing right. a little bit. And I if mean, you don't like black guys, I mean
2: if you want a guy my size and you don't like black guys… Slim Pickens. Very slim pickings.
0: But I'm just, I'm surprised that there weren't more smaller women who wanted to climb the mountain.
2: <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just not, I look, I don't think I'm that small.
0: with the ladies. I also couldn't imagine Joe drunk
1: because he's probably boisterous and scared away all those girls.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> that might have happened too. But anyway, do you, and you, how old are you? 41. You're 41. So you might remember. There was a, Cajun curly fry craze. Sure,
0: remember? Yeah, I didn't like fucking them. Cajun curly fries yeah. everywhere.
2: Yeah. I loved them <laughs> at Popeyes fried chicken. <laughs> Popeyes fried chicken in, in South Central LA. Yeah. Okay, you know, and people are always afraid of South. Oh, South Central, you know all that yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. I was never afraid of it. Maybe I should have been, but I wasn't. Yeah. And um, so, like, if you really yeah. want the cheap shit and the Cajun curly fries, you got to go like south of USC campus.
1: Got on. Crenshaw, Crenshaw, <laughs> shit <laughs> like
2: that. Yeah, shit like that. Um. Anyway, so I, I had a, a million, I, whatever. I don't know how many Cajun curly fries I ate, and then I went to a party and then I was drinking heavily, and then I like coerced this young lady into, uh, you know an intimate setting i was trying <laughs> having to not, relations right try, i was trying to not be a drunk frat boy and just yeah. blow a load on her and so i was <laughs> just trying to be like
0: you know yeah. i don't
2: know and I, I acutely remember like i had this tipping point where it was going to go either way i didn't know what was going to happen like oh shit i think it might be going down like there's that like going down in what sense just out for the count. Okay, for the the just like, yeah, like right. done. Okay. okay, like if I lay down on the couch, you're done. <laughs> it. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so there we are. And and in my day, I could drink fifteen beers, and that's a lot of liquid. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah, a lot of liquid. Yeah, right. So right at the um, the the moment, uh, I just unloaded. <laughs> 15 beers on this girl oh no was she over 6 feet or was she under 6 feet she had to be like 6 feet tall I think she was on the
0: volleyball team see if she
2: was a little girl I could see her drowning in your vomit but since she was so tall I could see her like and she was fucking pissed and she was like you are a disgusting pig she was hitting me and she said you don't even chew look at those fucking curly fries they're still curly
0: oh (laughs) oh man Right. That's horrible. How do you suppose you were swallowing curly fries? <laughs> I don't know. That's disgusting. And I'll know. tell you, just from this story, I know you're a better father than I am. Because what an innocent story to tell on our horrible podcast. I'm telling stories of me seizing, throwing up a gallon of beer, yeah. on a girl <laughs> See, with you're uh,
2: uh, throwing up curly fries. That is the frivolity of you youth. Joe, yeah. no. <laughs> you were just a kid as <laughs> a good Well, parent. I mean, I, you're right. I, in a way. In a way, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I got it that this was not going well. But you're right. I mean, I'm sure lots of kids. Dude, that's them. a fucking. But also, you would, have, you, would
1: have, <laughs> you would have curly fries stories if you weren't alert. He's allergic to booze, not in the sense of like a big exactly book. He actually right. is allergic, where he gets yeah. like,
0: sick. Like I never could drink. Yeah, you know, so you all. don't metabolize alcohol. No,
1: no exactly. No, I Which I guess it's uh, Jews and Asians have that sort of gene. Asians. Yeah. yeah. If things.
0: I if I Some drank Jews and Asians. I have I've I've gotten really drunk four times or something. Really? Like, like I I what? just could not do it. You know what that is? We're running out of time. <laughs> no. Please. What? What is Should that? I do it? What? My alarm. Oh breathalyzer time. Yeah.
1: Oh
0: you, you, you have alarm. to breathalyzer? Yeah, I
1: yeah. I'm not even supposed to be doing it anymore. But, Why? For who?
0: For, for his, uh, his family for oh for Arden yeah no he breathalyzes to be on the family dole. <laughs> <laughs> it's just for that O'Connor is Arden sitting, sitting there waiting no it's for breath- someone in her
1: company and I was supposed to do it for like a year and it's been two over two years now
0: but... takes a little picture hey. <laughs> nice
1: right.
2: breathalyzing is done yeah um See, but that's, like, you can manipulate that thing. Yeah, I probably could if I wanted how, to. How could he I've, I've actually
1: done it. I've actually, I don't, I'm not one of those people who, like, doesn't, if something is, like, cooked with alcohol, I'll still eat it, or I use Listerine, but I used Listerine once and did it, and it, like, came back positive.
0: Really? Yeah. One time, I, uh, I, I had gotten a... Uh, it was before Suboxone. It was when Suboxone was still naltrexone. You yeah. know? And I was in the clinical trials for the naltrexone in the hospital on the 189th Street, uh, for Columbia Presbyterian. Well,
1: Suboxone is not naltrexone. You know that, right? What, it's naltrexone and... It's naloxone and buprenorphine. Right, naltrexone. right,
0: exactly. So it was It was part of the naltrexone. But you were taking
1: buprenorphine also? No, that's just the blocker. It wouldn't do anything.
0: It was just the blocker, yeah. but it was as they were preparing to, to roll do out the, okay. Suboxone and they were paying... Health, if you looked at the back of the village voice, it said, we take healthy addicts uh, and That's pay an them $200 <laughs> to, um, uh, to get the shot of naltrexone. Um, I don't remember the point of this story.
2: You, no, what no, I start, did I start the story with? Something about clinical trials. Breathalizing? Oh Breathalizing. You're not in healthy addict. It's sure.
0: gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. The story is gone. But the point was, how could you beat how could you beat the um, this this thing? The, the I don't know. Turn
1: the lights down and have someone else do it or something.
0: How can I not remember the point of the story? Because you're old. Not that old. You're not that old. Maybe it's because I worked so hard today. How old are you, Joe?
1: Forty six. Forty six. Forty six.
0: I would love to have the life Joe has when I'm forty six. Mm. Joe, you're my new hero. What's what about my life is? I like the idea of you profiting off of the addicts and a lot. Oh, I really yeah. like that. And I like that you're on Fox News. Yeah. And I like right. the fact that you don't think dopes are responsible. And I like the fact that you vomited on this woman. <laughs> <laughs> I can live with that too. But well, I don't know she liked. It. I might have traumatized her. I'm sure she's telling the story someplace else right now. Yeah. I doubt it. <laughs> when I was at USC, this big football player vomited at this early oh, eyes. eyes. <laughs> but the question is When do you want
2: to start working on The Extractor? The Extractor, the the TV show. Yes, The Extractor. I don't. I you know I did this TV show for A and E. They hired me to figure out how to keep people watching after because Interventions is their highest rated show. Yeah. Um, And so basically, they wanted a collaborative show, so they just ran into the next hour. Right, so you don't change the channel; you just watch it. They tried it with hoarders, then. I
0: guess it didn't work.
2: Um, hoarders, those fuckers even hoarded the airtime because <laughs> that thing, that thing uh, killed my show. Uh, but I don't like TV, really. I think they're. I, I don't like the. You like Real Housewives? It. I like watching. <laughs> yeah. No, I like watching yeah, yeah, yeah. TV. I don't like. Being I don't honest. like being. It's not that, I don't even mind being on it. It's just it takes forever. Right, and so they come in and, and they want you. Oh, could you pet the dog again? Like oh, like fresh, a, 30, right. a thirty minute thing is right. like eight it's hours. Like, yeah. Not only is it eight hours; it's eight months listening to bullshit yeah. about. And then they never get going. It takes too way too long. You need like those Hotel Impossible gigs where they call the you The Hotel Impossible say, right, gigs, now. right. The Hotel Impossible <laughs> gigs are okay. I love the news. I love to write, or um, for HuffPo or Daily Beast or you know whatever whoever will take my and shit. And you should look up Joe Schrank's writings if
1: you're listening if they're very incendiary and... Where do they find Joe Schrank's writings? He just said... Huffington Post. Um... And they took everything down off the fix. <laughs> they,
2: blacked, they did. I they blacked them. your name they out did. They did. They <laughs> yeah. yeah. did.
0: Yeah. I tried to get dopey on the fix. What did they say? Don't, they say, say, a, don't say you know Joe. They we'll said <laughs> they would listen to it. Don't say you know the founder said, of who it.
2: Who did you... I, I don't know. I wrote... Just the editor. The Facebook page. Uh... Yeah, they never go. Well, to I, st- I was the founder, and they've they've uh, uh, they've forbidden me from commenting on my own website. So well, what happened? You gave it up? You sold it? I didn't sell it. We, it no, the investor was a prick and got in a fight. And whatever. well, why don't we start, um, Dopey?
0: As a website, uh-huh. and you can be a founder, and then we can screw you out of the deal. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Instead, instead, uh-huh. why don't we start Dopey as a website, and you can bring your credentials, and I can bring my bullshit, and Chris can do whatever he wants. We need the, the thing of it <laughs> and is, and there is we that. are.
2: No, you could, you could definitely do it. You want
0: to, you want to join
2: the thing? Yeah, yeah, sure. Great. I'll edit it. Cool. We're what do you mean? No problem.
0: Editing it. Joe's got good ideas. He's got some really good ideas. All right, let's wrap this fucking show up. It's too fucking long. It's but let's it's have Joe. Angry. Would you
1: ever come back for another one at some point?
0: Yeah, sure. All right, let's have. Would a you time. come back with Alex, maybe? Who's Alex? Him. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this
2: Alex. Yeah, of course. Come back with Alex. All
0: right. So um has been sitting there like yeah, a gentleman. He's well, he's coming up. He's a very sweet young man. His uh, you're fun, on deck. His phone manner is not great, though. Yeah, he was very upset about that. <laughs> Alex's phone manner? And <laughs> yeah. He said I, I, it. I said, but Chris is a fucking idiot, Chris first came of all. He to phone and says, Say you like dope. Yeah, that's why, like, because Chris, wouldn't you say, I want to bash Chris for a second here yeah. in full glory. Which is what he does in every episode. Chris is like so bright, and, and he can present so bright until yeah. you get to know him. And the um. second you get to know him, look at that face. That face dumbass fucking handing the phone, we're hanging out, and if he spends too much time in one spot. I don't spot. think Joe knows my full dumbassness. Oh, I my just God. I sort of pretended
1: to be... He's really bright. good well, at... I've stuff. never seen it. I've always <laughs> thought that
0: Chris is very bright particularly <laughs> Very bright. Me, too. He duplicates The more time you spend with him, he gets something happens to his body... He like crunches over, he calls people to talk to you. It's just classic uh, ADHD. After a while I can't defend against it and then I'm So anyway, so so he's right. like he's like he's like he's in his, his room or wherever he is and wherever he, in sobriety land in Massachusetts uh-huh. and poor Alex is walking by and he goes, Here, Dave, talk to Alex and Alex goes. I like Dopey. I'm like, get this kid off the phone. <laughs> yes. let's, let's mind you
1: this, okay? Yes. For as much as Dave bashes on me, when this shit hit the fan with him,
0: I was the person he called. So it's what does that many. say about you? Number one, I, my life is sad. <laughs> Number two, to be honest, I love you. Yeah. I love Chris. But yeah. I think he's very smart. But he's so dumb too. You know, it's miraculous. <laughs> the stupidity. We all are yeah. we of all course. Ours. But Chris, yeah. he is a specimen to be right. So when, when will this be up? When can I listen to uh,
1: this? Monday? Talk to Monday. our technician. Yeah, I do all the editing. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna you don't edit. Do you? No, I don't you I I I don't it's very simple. I like to make it sound like it's a bigger deal than it is. He puts
0: music on the front. I put a 10-second clip
1: of Bulldog from the Beatles, and then uh, that's it. Yeah, that's
0: it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you want to write an email about this incredibly heavy recovery version <laughs> of Dopey <laughs> with Joe Schrank, Chris, and myself, you can write us at uh, dopeypodcast at gmail.com. If you have
1: any questions for Joe, we will relay them to him, and he can uh, either respond to you directly or next time he's on the show.
2: All right. I'm happy to respond. Yeah. I love email. People send – I get a lot of
1: email. Okay. So you heard that. Joe yeah. Schrank is happy to respond. If you write, we will 100% forward it to him and you will be able to communicate I pretty much respond personally. to I,
2: I get – it's very rare that I wouldn't respond to an
1: email. Okay.
2: Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for coming and uh, yeah.
0: yeah, that's the show. All right. All right. Toodles. Please stop saying toodles. <laughs> wait, so, wait, wait, wait.